Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. What do the Edmonton Oilers do again? At this time, have you heard anything on the Mike Smith front? I have not. I've not heard anything on Mike Smith or um, Duncan Keith fronts, both players for whom uh, Ken Holland was awaiting some type of news as to what's your plans for next year. Yeah. Uh, speculating, wholly speculating, I, I completely expect, as do you, Bob, for Duncan Keith to be back playing next year, and I don't expect Mike Smith to be coming back here. I suspect he's an LTIR guy. Uh, and he's probably, I could be wrong on this, but I'll bet you he's played his last game. Uh, so where do the Oilers go, Bob? They need a goaltender. They've got Stuart Skinner. This is, you know, when in the National Hockey League, we've seen enough guys, Bob, that come up without a lot of pedigree that no one thinks is going to be great, and we've seen them turn into starters. Um, and you can't draft and develop a, a guy like Stuart Skinner, who's six foot four and he's been a real good American League goalie, and he's ready to come up. You can't give up on that project. You've got to give that project a chance to flower, right, to turn into, to surprise you and turn into a number one goalie. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But what you can't let happen is it happens for somebody else. So he's playing here as a backup next year. Bob, they need a guy that can make how many starts? 50 starts? Yep. you got to make 50 starts. You mentioned Jack Campbell. Well, I think you got to look at the list of guys out there. Here's what I, you know, when I go about something like this, Bob, I look at Ken Holland and I go, okay, what has Ken Holland done his whole career? Like one thing about Ken, we know him now. We know what he does. He's a man of pattern. He's done it for a long time. So in his career, he's been noted as a general manager who tries not to spend much money on his goalies. He tried to keep his goalie cap number low. However, when there's a top, top guy available and he's got a good team, he's known to spend on. So when he was in Detroit, he spent on Dominic Hassett. He spent on uh, Curtis Joseph because they were top guys. The rest of the time, he went away with you know, guys like Chris Osgood was cheaper, Manny Legacy. Uh, they developed Jimmy Howard, played for a long time in Detroit. Here in Edmonton, he tried to go after a top goalie and spend the money in Jacob Markstrom. Didn't get him. Tried to go after... Kemper, he would have spent the money on that goalie, didn't get him. So I guess this is what I'm trying to say to you, Bob. If Billy Husso's out there, and as James Myrtle pointed out in the last hour, he's got 64 NHL games, and that's it. And he wants, you know, something that starts with five. I don't see Ken Holland going down that road. I see him finding another goaltender on the free agent market. Uh, to me, probably the next step down in today's market. If Flurry's not coming here, which we hear he's not, if Varlamov isn't available in the New York Islanders, which we hear he's not, if John Gibson uh, is not coming up here, which we hear he's not, to me, the next guy in line is Jack Cameron. It's interesting with Dominic Hasek. I mean, he initially spent on Dominic Hasek in the pre-cap world because he got Hasek, who was part of his um, uh, teams in 2 uh, It was a good year for Detroit, as I recall correctly. And then he was on the Detroit team in 04, 03-04, and then he re- went to Ottawa in 05-06, and then back to Detroit oh. for 6 and 7. So he re- and ended up getting 97 regular season starts, and I got 22. I'd have to check the playoff numbers on Ashik, but because now I'm intrigued here because I'm, I'm just – you know, because part of it, when you when you mention Joseph and when you mention Hasek, part of it is 
he was acquired. Uh, yeah, I mean, people forget on the 08 Stanley Cup championship team, Dominic Hasek only ultimately ended up getting a grand total of four appearances in the playoffs. So they had Osgood and they had Hasek because I've credited Hasek as being a guy that they brought out you know, from the outside to be the number one goalie. But in reality is he wasn't the number one goalie in the playoffs that year. So interesting because he only had about a 900 save percentage. Where I'm going with this spec is Ken, Ken Holland did spend on Joseph and Hasek, but when it was in a pre-cap world. I guess that's where I'm going. But he, well, was, he was intending to spend on Markstrom. Yes, right? he was. He was in that race right to the end with a, a number that was pretty much right where Calgary's paying him. So to me, that I'm just going on historical actions. And, and I think everything we're talking about here is a matter of history. He's done all these things. Now we're today and we're speculating. What's he going to do this summer? Well, the, there, in my mind, there isn't a five or six million goalie that's out there. There isn't a guy that's worth paying six million bucks on the market this year. That do you will think it's possible? Do you think it's possible that Darcy Camper ends up not getting um, signed by Colorado? She's. I mean, everything's possible. I don't know the guy. You know, here's what's going to happen to Colorado. Colorado's. They've got like every team that wins, Bob. They got some contract issues now they got some guys up everyone wants to cash in when they win a cup right that's how it works they're going to say to darcy camper darcy we really want you but we're going to pay you a little bit less than you're asking for and now i don't know darcy camper you know part of me says if i'm darcy camper why would i leave this situation i'm the number one goalie on a team that could win three cups in the next five years what i'm looking at yeah but Maybe he says, no, it's time for me to hit a home run and I'm going somewhere else for huge money, and maybe he can get it. I'm not sure I'd spend huge money on Darcy Kemper Ball. Yeah. Would you? Would you pay him what Markstrom's getting? I don't know what Carolina's going to do. I still can't believe Grubauer left Colorado because that's why Kemper ended up there. Uh, by the way, Mark, just to take you down, uh, just in terms of the importance of drafting and developing your own goaltender, you ready for this? And, okay. I, and, and I brought up the years pre- and post-cap. So since the cap has been around, here we go. 2006, Carolina won the cup. Who was the goalie? Ward. Drafted by Carolina. 2007, Jaguar was the goalie for Anaheim. He was a Hartford draft choice, but his career was... But he was in the minors in Anaheim before he came to the NHL. He was developed by Anaheim. In 2008, I thought that Hasek was the goalie of record. Osgood was the goalie of record. Second tour of duty in Detroit, drafted and developed by Detroit. 2009, Pittsburgh won. Fleury was the number one overall pick. 2010, Chicago won with Antti Niemi Speck. He was brought him over, developed in the AHL by Chicago. Boston did the same thing with Tim Thomas when they won the Cup in 2011. Then, Jonathan Quick in 2012-2014, third-round pick of the Kings. Corey Crawford was a, um, I think a second-round pick of Chicago. He was a goalie, a record 13-15. and 15. When Pittsburgh won in 16, it was Matt Murray, drafted by Pittsburgh. When they won in 17, it was Murray and Fleury, drafted by Pittsburgh. In 18, when Washington won, it was Holtby, drafted by Washington. In 19, Bennington almost claimed off the scrap heap by St. Louis. You know, they had him right out of the organization, but he was drafted and developed by St. Louis. Vasilevsky, first-rounder for Tampa in 20 and 21. This is the first year that a team won the Cup, really, with a guy that they didn't draft and develop. 
since since the old like since the old that's si- crazy, isn't it? They like, just traded for him for Phoenix the, the year before. So, so there. I mean, that's what I get to on Skinner. I'm not here telling anyone that Stuart Skinner is going to be the answer, and you're going to he's going to hoist the Stanley Cup here. I'll tell you what I'm not telling you is that he can't do that because nobody knows. Nobody knew, but nobody knew that Bennington was going to be that good. Nobody knew Murray was going to be that good in Pittsburgh or this bad in Ottawa, right? You don't know. You have to when you spend time and effort and a draft pick on Stuart Skinner, and he gets to the point he's at today where he's still a viable goaltender about to embark on a National Hockey League career. Oh my God, you got to get out of out of the way of that player and let him turn into what he's going to turn into. And he could hoist a Stanley Cup for you here. Or you could find out that he's never going to be more than a 20-game backup. But, boy, oh, boy, don't let some other team find that out for you, Bob. Spack, that might have been the smartest thing you've ever said on the show. <laughs> now, we're limited We're limited to about two or three things over the last eight. I'm just kidding. Uh, Trevor from Edmonton, Texas, he says, Bob and Mark, what are your thoughts uh, on going after Chris Dreger from Seattle and taking a chance on him? I feel he could be a good cheap trade option having a down year last year in Seattle, and I'm sure he'd be willing to move on. I'm sure they'd be, be willing to move on with him. Maybe we could get Susie in a trade as well from Trevor. Trevor, here's the problem with Chris Dreger. He is out six to nine months. He got injured at the World Hockey Championships. So I'll take a pass. Uh, Bob, how old is Skinner? I think he, this is his 23 slash 24-year-old year. He's a, 90, uh, a 2017 uh, draft. Uh, RCN, who's a, one of the real smart uh, texter to the show, says, Bob, I'd say it's probable that Kemper isn't back in Colorado and I have Jack Campbell or Kemper in Edmonton next year from RCN. You know what, RCN? I would tend to agree with that. If, as of today, on the 28th of June, yep. I, I think we're probably looking at Kemper or Campbell. I don't know what – I mean, if you're Colorado, you know, you still need a goalie. Are you going ahead with Francouz as your number one now and bringing in a backup? Well, he played pretty well for them, didn't he? Well, okay. He did in a backup role. So tell me what he's going to be as a 55-start guy next year and a, and a number one guy in four rounds of playoffs. I mean, you know, I'm not. he's just like Skinner, pal. You hope he could do those things, but you don't know it until he does. <laughs> Mark, he's been 923 and 916 the last two years in the regular season. He went 6-0 and in the playoffs this year. That's how good their team was. He only had a 906 save percentage, and he went 6-0. and And I I could see Kemper making sense here. I, you know, and maybe I think I believe in Darcy. And Darcy Kemper finished with a 902 save percentage in the playoffs. Um you know, ended up going 10-3-1. He was 37-12-4 this season in Colorado with a 9-21. Career yeah. 9, uh, you know, career 9-17 save percentage. He's had 315 starts. Uh, you know. Listen, you know what you're getting in Kemper, I think. Uh, he's a, He was a funny goalie in the playoffs, Bob, because, you know, they'd win a game 3-2, but you didn't like either of the two that went in. It reminds me a little bit of Koskinen sometimes. You know, Koskinen would win a game for you 3-2, and you'd go, yeah, but Jesus, those two we let in, they were kind of snaky. I didn't like them. But did he win? Yeah, he won. Uh, the only thing I would say to you about Kemper is, you know, he played behind a team that possessed the puck. Uh, I, I haven't seen the team Corsi stats They, they were the best team. That. Nobody, no, I don't think anybody possessed the puck as often and for as long a period as Colorado did. Uh, Darcy Kemper saw a lot of games where he only saw – a, a minimum of grade A chances. To me, his statistics would be, I got to dig a lot deeper than just looking at his hockey DP page, man. 
Um, Because I did notice in the Stanley Cup final, he made a save. They won the series. You can't take it away from him. Well, somebody texted me. Someone texted on the Ashley Fine Floors text line spec, 780-496-0063. Tell me what Darcy Kemper's goal saved above whatever it was in the playoffs. I'd be intrigued to know that number. It uh, was expected, right? Good question. Mark, here's the thing. Take a look at what happened this year. You know, everybody's like ready to give Colorado the cup. They had a lot of things go right for them. Okay, first of all, they they nutted up and they they went all in this year. And they, I mean, they made a great deal for Lekkinen. They gave up a pick and a prospect to get Kemper. They gave up a pick and a prospect to get uh, Manson. You know, they added they they added some other pieces, including Cogliano. So they went number one. They went all in. Number two, they opened up playing against Nashville who spit the bit at the end of the season without Saros, right? Yeah, Nashville wasn't very good. Right, so they they played a backup goalie against Nashville. Then Bennington got hurt by Caudry in the series against St. Louis, right? Then they play Mike Smith and the Oilers, and Mike was not at the level in the Colorado series that he was at for much of the L.A. and Calgary series. Is that fair? Yeah, I would say that... that the I'm only, not looking. At, I don't care who was in goal for him in that series, pal. So they they were overwhelmed. Well, and the Oilers also had two of their three best players hurt. Then Colorado gets Tampa Bay. It's the only time they didn't have the goaltending advantage, and Tampa Bay didn't have Braden Point. I know, but that's one guy. That's well, one you know, guy. Who's playing hurt? Barakovsky wasn't playing. He, they're they're not. Spec, they're not they're not point. point. I get it. They're not point, but you know what? They won two cups in a row. You got to be able to survive that. Listen, I'm saying this is what I'm saying to you, Bob. Braden Point or no Braden Point, Colorado was the better team in that series. They were. They were they're the best team faster. in the league. They're the they're best the team best in the league. Team. Regardless of injuries, I don't like to sit here and try to make a find a reason why they won. They won because they're the best darn team. And again, with Edmonton, I'm not pointing fingers at Mike Smith. Mike Smith made a lot of even when he was letting in five. You know, he made a lot of huge saves. Yeah, let in a couple he didn't like. They overwhelm goalies, Bob. The Colorado Avalanche overwhelm goalies. They throw so many quality chances at you that you might stop the six hardest ones and the seventh hardest one goes in and everyone goes, oh, man, that was a bad one. But let's face it, they got the puck all night. They're a good, good team. Better right. than Eminent, better than Tampa. We'll see how, you know, they're going to, we'll, there's no, they were the best team this year. They're going to lose some bodies and we'll see how significant it is. Mark, we don't have a show on Canada Day. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk next week, and we'll see if there's any changes at that point, on sounds or off good, the ice, Bobby. okay? All right, sounds good. Talk to you Tuesday. You bet. It is 149 at Edmonton. When we come back, this day in Oilers history. Oh, yeah, and our prospect report. We're going to go on and get to that. You're listening to Oilers now. We're going to go to the Oilers now. Prospect report. It is brought to you Tuesdays and Thursdays all season long by Scott Arthur Millwork. Custom cabinetry, luxury closets, exceptional millwork. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com. Sean Tilchin and the gang at Scott Arthur Millwork. They will take care of you. And here is Brendan Escott. Well, your eyes. Slikovsky has usurped Shane Wright as the number one prospect in Bob McKenzie's final draft rankings for the 2022 class. Wright, who, of course, was granted exceptional status into the OHL, sits number two and is one of just two Canadians in the top ten, along with Winnipeg ice forward Matthew Savoy. Slikovsky, a standout for Slovakia at the Olympics and the World Championships. That's, I think, mostly what this is based on for him. Draft, of course, goes July 7th and 8th in Montreal. The Canadians are on the clock. Uh, yeah, and I take Shane Wright. I think Canadian players get judged harsher. 
because the intensity, again, uh, I mean, the U.S. guys all playing the same all-star team together. But that's just one guy's opinion. I'm also the guy that's going to stick up for Alberta once in a while as well. Stoney has texted us to say, Bob, Darcy Kemper faced the easiest workload and was not good at all. Jack Campbell was the worst goalie in the league through two months of the season this year. Both are risky, risky picks. That one comes to us from Stoney on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Well, we mentioned that our opening song from Shania Twain was connected to this day in Oilers history. And that is because of who the Edmonton Oilers drafted on this date back in 1994. Edmonton had two number one picks. One of them was actually connected to Dave Manson. To tell you more, here's Brendan Escott. And the Oilers on this day in 94, using a pick they acquired from Winnipeg to draft Jason Bond Sr., fourth overall, and then they took Ryan Smith, sixth overall. Bond Sr. played just 21 total games with the Oilers. His career fizzled out in the minor league. Smith played 15 seasons with Edmonton. That was over two stints. He's second in games played for the franchise with 971, sixth in points with 600. You know which current Oilers coach was traded to the Jets so they could get that fourth overall pick? Dave Manson. And so that's how Edmonton got Jason Bond Sr., who some people felt had a chance to be a Mario Lemieux-esque type player, big, rangy, skilled centerman. Um, I'm going to say that somebody didn't do their homework on him. Uh, Conversely, Ryan Smith exceeded expectations and ended up playing the most games, 1,270, of anybody from that 1994 NHL entry draft. And on June the 28th, uh, 1994, I was in Burns Lake, British Columbia. (laughs) Don't ask me why I remember that. All right, uh, tomorrow... Uh, we'll have a, a full show for you. Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, David Staples, Cult of Hockey, and John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. This day in order's history, by the way, is brought to you by New West Travel. Reed Wilkins has taken the week off, but uh, Dave Campbell, of course, from the Elks broadcast, uh, is the guest host tonight on Inside Sports. What's he got shaking, Brennan? I'm not too sure, but I promise it's going to be an excellent show. <laughs> A fluid show tonight with Dave Cavill. All right, up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, Angela Coquat from 2 to 3 today, followed by the 6.30 Jet Afternoons from Jalen and I from 3 to 6. We're back at you tomorrow. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.